Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. As we broadcast on the Fringe FM, TalkStream Live, and the Paranormal Radio app, among others. For those of you listening on the various radio and podcast players, we welcome you as well. If you're listening on Apple or Google, or any other podcast application. I just noticed that our comments and our ratings also disappeared when we had those technical issues turning the show over to a new feed. So if you have a moment when you're listening to the show on Apple or any other player, please, if you feel the the honest and sincere reality of uh, your belief, Go to the bottom of that podcast player and give us a like. Four stars, five stars, whatever you think is honestly what the show's worth. And leave us a little comment on the show. You can do that absolutely for free. Just scroll down. I think it's the bottom of the Apple application. I know that's where most people listen. So please leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about the show. And of course, let others know what you think about the show, because when you leave a comment, people can see that all over the world, wherever they access that application. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. You can find us on Gitter and you can find us on Gab. We're still building audiences there. You can also find us on Patreon or behind-the-scenes content. I've started to upload some new stuff, behind-the-scenes videos. And on Patreon, you'll also get, depending on what tier, you'll also get some other goodies, including another way to obtain my digital books, another way to obtain a copy of one of my physical books, all of which are available with their own pages. You can read about them on our website at thesecretteachings.info. And here's something that I want you to know that if you subscribe to our full show archive, I know you can listen for free on most podcast players. You can listen for free on our website and you can listen for free with the URL that you can copy and paste the RSS feed, but you can also subscribe to the show so that you can get the archive without any advertisements. So all those advertisements at the beginning of the show, the end of the show in between the show, you know, not like network announcements, but, but you actually have uh, all these advertisements now that are, that are in there, and you can you can get rid of those when you subscribe to the archive. You'll also get access to the montages, all of my digital books, and you will get a free copy of one of those books physically when you subscribe for one year. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. I did a lot of thinking after last night's show 
Hope was in here in the studio with me. She stayed up very late to do the show live with us. We had some technical difficulties at the beginning. Tonight, we fared much, much better. And when, uh, when the show was over last night, we spent some time you know, kind of glancing through just in passing. I clicked on some things online, some news articles while the show was exporting. And she decided that you know she was going to go ahead and go to bed because it's like almost 3 o'clock in the morning here. And I stayed up a little bit later to upload the show. And I started reading about crime statistics. And I recognized that the FBI and that various other statistical places where we get you know, data like Pew Research Center or the BJS, the Bureau of Justice Statistics, the statistics and the data for crime, for example, I mean, this is like aggravated assault, rape, things with guns, knives, etc. And there's different ways to break this data down. There's different ways to categorize it and then base it on, you know, race, who's more likely to be a victim of crime, who's more likely to commit the crime, what group is more likely to be the victim of crime by a certain other group. There's so many ways you can break it down. But the bottom line is I was reading about crime data and I was reading specifically about some cities in the United States and, and, the, and the crime that they've been experiencing. For example, in Chicago last year, nearly 2,000 carjackings were reported. And last year's figure is a 30% increase from 2020. If you go back before the so-called pandemic, this percentage is hundreds of times higher than it had been in 2014, 2015. So carjackings, for example, in places like Chicago have skyrocketed. And I'd, I'd imagine that people are being robbed. They're having their car stolen at gunpoint because you know that Chicago has some of the worst gun violence in the country despite their very strict gun restrictions. New York City, also a very strict gun city, has seen carjackings rise by hundreds of percent in the past three years. And you're seeing this all across the country. The same is happening in Philadelphia. I mean, these are big cities, though. Chicago, New York City, Philadelphia. Philadelphia reported a 34% increase in carjackings over the last year to two years. I mean, these are very big statistics. But the thing about statistics is this is also in Chicago. This is also in New York City. This is also in Philadelphia. If you look at a big city like Chicago, New York City, and Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Dallas, you know, big cities, Baltimore, Portland, big cities, and some big cities that are more inclined to have violent crime than other, uh, others or carjackings or you know, various forms of different types of crime. Statistics are, are malleable because if you compare the per capita chance, like per, per people living there, the per capita of people that are robbed at gunpoint as opposed to by knife or the, the amount of people that are raped or the amount of people that, are, that have their homes burglarized or their cars jacked, the numbers are going to be substantially higher in New York City as opposed to you know a small little town like I lived in in New York called Bloomfield. There, 
there's like there's no carjackings in Bloomfield. There, there's virtually no crime there. Maybe drug crime, you know, maybe some gun crime based on state laws, but there really isn't a lot of crime there because it's rural. And even small cities, small towns, you don't get this kind of thing. So you could unfairly use the statistic to make it seem as if New York City or Chicago have higher crime rates than they really do. And I want to I make this clear. Tonight's show isn't about crime. And tonight's show isn't about COVID-19. And tonight's show isn't about masking. And tonight's show isn't about politics. Tonight's show isn't about guns. Tonight's show is about perception and how statistics and perspective and context matter no matter what you're talking about. And it's hard to look at this from an objective point of view. If you live in a place like New York, anywhere in New York, when I lived in Rochester, I can tell you firsthand the city became more dangerous, the city became more violent, and you were more likely to be robbed, shot, Even if those statistics were lower, you were more likely to be robbed, shot, had your home vandalized, car vandalized, carjacked, etc. after the the riots from the George Floyd case, after months and months of, of rioting from Antifa, most of which was almost exclusively politically motivated. And then you break that down, and how much of that is organic, how much of that is synthetic. Cities certainly became more dangerous. But you can also isolate statistics and say, and let's reduce this down to something that's really easy to digest. If one person a year gets carjacked in New York City, just one person, obviously that's unrealistic, but one person gets carjacked. Doesn't matter how they get carjacked, gun, knife, you know, verbal insults, whatever. They get hijacked one car per year. If the next year, for whatever reason, you know, 10 people get carjacked, it's still a very low number. Your chances of living in a city with millions of people of getting carjacked when 10 people got carjacked last year are still incredibly low to the point where you don't really need to be worried about being carjacked. You see what I mean? So that's still a tenfold increase in carjackings. If it goes from 1 to 10 the next year, you have a very high chance in comparison of being carjacked. Or of being anything, of being raped, of being you know burglarized, of being the victim of some kind of crime. And that's the problem with statistics. Statistics can provide us with an idea of a general overview. It can provide us with you know a pulse, but it doesn't provide us with all of the context and all of the aspects that allow us to understand fully what is going on in the world around us. I mean, the way that data is collected by the Bureau of Justice statistics, for example, is largely through surveys. And the FBI, I mean, the FBI publishes annual data on crimes that have been reported to the police, but not those that haven't been reported. So a lot of crimes don't get reported. They're still happening. People still are experiencing them. People are still committing them. But obviously, if they don't get reported, they're not included in the overall statistical data. So my point is, sure, New York City is much more dangerous than Bloomfield, New York, or even Rochester, New York. But not in all ways. Rochester, New York is more dangerous in some ways than New York City. So you can say New York City or Philadelphia or Chicago or Los Angeles is the most dangerous city because of XYZ, but in other ways, 
they're much safer cities. I mean, obviously, overall, Chicago is an incredibly dangerous place to be. Baltimore is an incredibly dangerous place to be. Washington, D.C. is an incredibly dangerous place to be. But compare that to the rest of the country and the rest of the world. In the United States of America, you're pretty safe anywhere you go compared to some parts of the world. Whether that's from pickpocketing or having your home vandalized or being mugged, you're pretty safe. Now, that doesn't mean that you should let your guard down and just wander down the street waving $100 bills at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know. But the, the fact is, statistics can be used, and this is the point, to make a city, to make an area, to, to make anything seem more dangerous than it really is. Statistics can also be used to make a place seem safer than it really is. And for example, I was reading this article from The Hill, and it said, based on a new study conducted by a company called Every Town for Gun Safety Support Fund, I'm sure that they have some kind of shady funding, of course, it says states with looser gun restrictions have higher number of homicides and suicides. It says California, Hawaii, New York, and Massachusetts were all among the eight states with the tightest gun laws and the lowest rate of gun-related deaths. Louisiana, Missouri, Wyoming, and Mississippi were rated as the states with the highest rate of deaths caused by gun violence. According to Nick Suplina, Senior Vice President of Law and Policy at Every Town for Gun Safety Support Fund, says, What this project does is show that we've been, what we've been saying for years, gun laws save lives. Now, that is very similar to what pharmaceutical companies say about vaccines and about drugs. But here's the reality of the situation. You can say that this is an opinion. Fine. I'll I'll acknowledge maybe 10% of it is opinion. But factually speaking, you cannot quantify, you cannot put into statistical data by anything other than implication that receiving a vaccine or a medication is preventing somebody from dying. You cannot say definitively that a vaccine or that a pill or that something that you're giving a patient absolutely was responsible for saving their lives, especially when it comes to a wide-scale, countrywide, and global for that matter, but in our case here in the States, a countrywide experiment where You can absolutely quantify that when someone receives a vaccine, for example, there are severe adverse reactions, allergic reactions. The body responds negatively outside of even allergies. The body attacks itself with these new mRNA vaccines. Damage is done to the the ovaries and to critical organs in the body. Menstrual cycles are admittedly now affected by vaccines, by the COVID-19 vaccines. You can quantify that. You can put that into data. The VAERS statistics show Tens of thousands of people, adverse reactions. And a lot of those reactions are not documented as having anything to do with vaccines. They're documented as having everything to do with the disease that the vaccines are supposed to prevent. And all that is a matter of context because if, let's say, you created a poison. And that poison was meant to kill somebody within 15 minutes of taking it. If you monitor somebody for 15 minutes and they die at 15 minutes and one second, but your cutoff is 15 minutes exactly, then at 15 minutes and one second, they die. They didn't die of that poison because the monitoring was over at 15 minutes. 
It's all about the context. It's all about the statistics. So, yeah, sure, California, Hawaii, New York, Massachusetts, these were among states with the tightest gun laws and the lowest rate of gun-related deaths. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I looked these states up. California is ranked number 14. New York is ranked number 25. That's the whole state. For tight gun laws and the lowest rate of gun-related deaths. California is number 14. New York is number 25. And the other two states, Hawaii and Massachusetts, are also listed. Massachusetts is 26. Hawaii is 37. But there's a huge difference between Hawaii and New York. There's a huge difference between Hawaii and California. There's a huge difference between California and Massachusetts. Context matters. And although gun-related deaths might be down, what does violent crime look like overall? And you see in places where gun rates might be down for you know deaths and crime, violent crime is through the roof. So you might not be able to have a gun, but criminals still access guns, and criminals commit crimes with those guns. And so in places that have really strict gun laws, that tells me that if it's hard to get a gun and you still have gun violence, the gun violence is being carried out by criminals who are acting regardless of what the law says with those weapons to do what they want to do, rob somebody, etc., etc., etc. The context matters because crime might actually be higher in places like California than it is in places like Wyoming. But then the context there is also Wyoming has a much smaller population than California. So even if California had Arizona-style constitutional carry gun rights, they would still have more gun and violent crime overall than a place like Wyoming. But that would also depend on how you devise the statistical data. Is it based on every 100,000 people? Is it based on the overall number of cases? Do you see what I'm getting at here? It doesn't matter if it's guns, carjackings, disease. Context matters immensely. The study that I just mentioned also notes that, uh, that these states that have highly restrictive gun laws are seeing firearm deaths going up due to guns coming across state lines. So they're blaming other states. Gun laws that restrict access to guns, they're helping to keep gun-related deaths down, but it's because of those other states that don't have restrictions on guns that our gun-related violence is going up. It says guns from other states are found at crime scenes. Four out of five come from states where background Check laws are weak. But even that is a matter of context. People that you might have heard about in the news that carry out so-called mass shootings, many of them passed a background check. And one might say, well, that's the point. Background check needs to be stronger. Well, if someone's carrying out a crime for the first time, you're not going to find anything on the background. Doesn't matter if they're buying a gun or they're you know, you have to get an FBI background check to get into real estate. I had to get one. My background was clean when I got a real estate license. You know, you, you have to get that background check. So if you're in a state that might, might have a, a more restrictive process of acquiring a gun, you still have to go through the same process. Here in Arizona, yeah, you have to have a driver's license and you have to go through a background check and it's pretty quick. The only major difference is you can get a gun quicker in Arizona than you can in New York. And you would think that that would mean that there are more mass shootings in Arizona than New York. And that these mass shootings, let's say that there were three a year in Arizona and two a year in New York, means very little 
because of the population centers where those gun violent, you know, those crimes might occur, where gun violence occurs, and where violent crime occurs, for that matter. Where, I mean, obviously, if you're in Tucson, Arizona, the crime rate's far higher than it is if you're in Flagstaff. And the crime rate is far higher in New York City than it is in Bloomfield, New York, where I lived. And the crime rate in Tucson is actually statistically for certain things greater than it is in Rochester, New York, also where I lived somewhat recently. But when it comes to gun violence, you know, or when it comes to violent crimes, or when it comes to crime in general, you're going to get higher rates of crime in cities because there are more people there. You're going to get a higher amount of crime in places where there are generally, in a whole state like California, there's going to be more crime there because there's more people to commit the crime. Statistically, there's more criminals. But if you want to understand the context and the statistical aspects of this, you have to break it down to see, do gun laws prevent people from committing crime? No. People commit crime regardless of what the laws are. If you restrict access to guns, people just commit crimes with their hands, with knives, with BB guns. People will commit crimes with anything because they're criminals. And that's kind of the whole point. That's the bottom line. So you see this as a political thing. People always arguing one way or the other. And it's about guns or it's about crime. And But here's something that you might not have known. Personally, I'm a safety guy. I feel safe when my doors are locked. I feel safe when my windows are locked. I feel safe when I've got a loaded revolver next to me because I'm responsible. I know how to fire the gun. I know how to clean the gun. I know how to take care of the gun. I know how to be responsible. I know I don't look at it down the barrel to see if it's jammed. I know that I don't point it at other people to go pew, pew, pew and have fun. I'm not playing cowboys and Indians. I'm a responsible gun-owning citizen and I have a right to maintain that firearm just as much as I have a right to have a knife or to have my hands to defend myself that's what the second amendment I think is really ultimately about a right to self-defense and I'm a responsible person who takes that very seriously so I feel comfortable when I have those things around I feel comfortable when my doors are locked and that's also a matter of perspective and context because Some people don't think about those things because they've never experienced crime like that. I, on the other hand, have experienced a lot of crime. Boise, Idaho. I experienced so much crime there. That's the reason I bought a gun in the first place. People breaking into my apartment, people stealing my bike, people trying to mug me on the street. That's why I bought a firearm. I'm not a gun nut. I bought one because that was the only way I could logically defend myself against criminals. But despite that, despite how concerned I am about crime and how that's a big thing to me, Despite the fact that most Americans across both political spectrums believe that gun crime and all crime is at an all-time high, it's actually at an all-time low. And I'm going to tell you what that means when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, www.thesecretteachings.info. Stay with us. It's the month of Janus and the year of the Tiger 2022. Here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. 
Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? If you enjoyed the secret teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is David Icke from DavidIcke.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. by no means a statistician or a mathematician, but I am literate. I can read. I love reading. And I read the FBI statistics, the Bureau of Justice statistics. I like to read about what the crime rates are sometimes. I like to see who's committing the crimes. I like to see who those crimes are being committed against because I want to know precisely and as accurately as possible, as accurately as statistics can provide us, What the basis of our perception really is on such things. And not just about crime. Not just about certain kinds of crime like gun crime. I want to know the same about reportings for diseases and for vaccines. I want to know the same for reportings of who's the biggest threat. What's the biggest national security threat to the United States of America? I mean, because we're told white people, straight people, Christians are the biggest threat. Even conservatives are the biggest threat to national security. We're told that Asian people are experiencing an explosion of anti-Asian sentiment and hatred. We're being told that white people prey 
on black folks. Hunt them down, target them, and it's almost implied as if black folks are being lynched in the streets, on the side of the roads. These are the things that we're told. We're told that crime rates, and I mean even from the perspective of the opposing political narrative, we're told all the time by conservatives, crime rates are skyrocketing. Problem is, all these statements might be true, but they're incredibly taken out of context, and they're not accurate. If one white person targeted one black person, sure, that would be an accurate and fair statement. However, when you say that white people are the problem, or you say that black folks are always oppressed, or you say that Asians are experiencing levels of hatred never seen before, this, this isn't factual. This, these aren't statistics. This isn't data. These aren't facts. These are rhetoric, propaganda, opinions, pushed as fact, pushed as the mainstream, mainline narrative. And the alternative has their own version of this, their own narrative. But the reality of the situation is crime, according to the FBI and the BJS, the data shows dramatic declines in U.S. violent and property crime since the 1990s. Three decades, crime has plummeted. In the 90s, crime spiked, but since the 90s, the early 90s, crime across the country has fallen. According to the FBI, Violent crime fell 49% between 1993 and 2019. Rates of robbery fell 68%. Murder, non-negligent manslaughter, fell 47%. Aggravated assault fell 43%. The rates of violent crime, robbery, murder, including non-negligible manslaughter, aggravated assault, etc., have decreased by, on average, about 50%. They've been sliced in half in the last 30 years. The property crime rate also fell 55%, with big declines in the rates of burglary, 69%. Motor theft, 64% decline on average. Larceny and theft, 49% decline since the 90s. Per the Bureau Justice Statistics, the overall violent crime rate fell 74% between 1993 and 2019, while the property crime rate fell 71%. So you're looking at something between the FBI and the BJS, from violent crime, robbery, murder, aggravated assault, property crime, burglary, vehicle theft, larceny, theft in general, and property crime, you're seeing between 50 to 70 plus percent declines since the last spike in the 1990s. And yet, Americans believe, and depending on your political affiliation, Americans believe that crime is skyrocketing. And see, that's, that's the confusing thing. Because when you look at places like Chicago, for example, Chicago had 1,849 carjackings reported in 2020. Now, if you compare that to 2014, for example, that's an over 500% increase. If you compare it to the last year prior to those 849 carjackings, it's a 30% increase, much less, but an increase nonetheless. 
And you have to ask, if carjackings are increasing, are there other crimes that are decreasing? Or are other crimes also increasing alongside of those crimes? My intention is not to jumble and confuse you. And I hope that you don't find this boring. I hope you find this as intriguing as I do. It's the context and it's the statistical data in context that matters. So, for example, if you're politically persuaded to the left side of the spectrum, obviously, you do not believe that crime is in any way, shape, or form an issue. Conservatives tend to be more concerned about crime than left-wing folks do. So already on the surface, politically speaking, if you're conservative, it's much more likely statistically that you believe that crime is higher everywhere you go. And although crime might be higher this year than last year, it might be lower this year than it were two or three years ago. And crime kind of goes through cycles, just like climatic shifts go through cycles. It might be hotter this year, than 20 years ago, but it might have been hotter 21 years ago than it is this year. Context matters. And most Americans, doesn't matter where you sit on the political spectrum, believe that crime is up, despite the fact that data shows that it's down. Not only down, but the BJS and the FBI show that crime from burglary and theft to carjackings and violent crime are down on average somewhere around 50 plus percent since the 1990s. And while perceptions of rising crime on the national level are common, fewer Americans believe crime is up in their own communities, which is interesting because crime tends to be up, at least it seems based on the data and and circumstantial evidence as well, crime seems to be up in certain areas. Places feel more dangerous I mean, with riots and protests and cities like Portland and even here in Tucson, it's very kind of dirty and a lot of trash, at least in the in the in the inner city, you know, but the the, the outside, the outskirts of the cities are beautiful. Same thing in in Portland. The cities are just intolerable, though. It seems more dangerous. Shopping carts, tents, you know, tent cities, needles on the ground, people defecating on the street. I mean, you see those kinds of things, it feels dangerous. It's like you're living in a third world, but even then, are you more likely to be the victim of crime? Statistically, not even close. You're less likely to be the victim of crime this year than you, you, you were in the 1990s when crime hit uh, a high overall. But you are, depending on where you are and depending on what the crime is, you're more likely this year to be the victim of carjacking in Chicago than you were last year but compared to 2014, you know, you're, you're, you're also more likely to be um, in Chicago. It's like a 500% increase since 2014. You're more likely to be the victim of carjacking. But overall, how many people live in Chicago? What are the chances of you being carjacked? And then you have to ask the question, carjackings, burglary, you know, murder, and all, most of this is gang-related. Most of this is drug-related. I mean, the common person who doesn't do a bunch of drugs, doesn't hang out with scumbags and thugs, doesn't you know sell drugs, and doesn't involve themselves in shady practices, you're almost statistically unlikely ever in your life to experience direct one-on-one crime like burglary, theft. Usually those things are related to drugs. Usually those things are related to gang activity. I mean, even gun deaths. Look at gun deaths. A lot of gun deaths are suicides. And virtually 
all gun deaths in some places are gang-related. So if you're trying to paint a picture of a city or of a state as being dangerous because they've got guns, most places with guns that are much more available have very low rates of violent crime. In fact, here in Arizona, violent crime is, is pretty low unless you're involved in gang activity. Then violent crime is higher than the national average. Crime here in Tucson is higher than the national average. Crime here in Tucson is supposedly as bad or worse than Rochester, New York, where I lived. However, there's a big difference. Although there's a lot of gang activity there, most of the crime here is carried out by gangs. Most of the crime here is carried out by drug dealers. Most of the crime here is carried out by thugs. And most crime is carried out by thugs. They're criminals. But if you are not a criminal and you are not selling drugs, you are not in a gang or involved in gang activity, the likeliness of you being the victim of any of these crimes is slim to none. The the most likely crime you are going to be the victim of living here in Tucson, Arizona, where I do, from what I've read in the statistics, is property crime, vandalism. That's the most common crime that I've read, at least. That's in the, the, the dad that I've read for the city. The most common, cri- common crime for the common person. Vandalism. You know, tagging or breaking a window, like breaking a windshield to a car. And I've seen, I've seen a lot of that living here in Tucson. So the context matters immensely. Crime has fallen 40 to 50 to 60 to 70% since the 90s. Across the board, for, uh, larceny, Murder, violent crime, burglary, etc., etc., etc. And of course, the BJS, the Bureau of Justice Statistics, also found wide differences by age and income when it comes to being the victim of violent crime. That matters too, age and income. Other things also matter. There are major differences in victimization rates between male and female between those who identify as white, black, or Hispanic. Victimization rate, however, among Asian Americans is substantially lower than among other racial and ethnic groups, which is interesting because that's recent data. This this data from the BJS and the FBI says that if you're an Asian American, you are less likely to be the victim of crime than whites, blacks, or Hispanics. Now, if you watch the news, you wouldn't think that. You'd think Asians are being slaughtered in the streets. You'd also think white people were responsible for that, when in fact, I don't know if I can name or think of a single case of what was promoted by media as an Asian hate crime where a white person was exclusively involved. There are literally dozens of Asian folks who have been attacked, and they've been attacked by black people. In fact, a a, a black a homeless guy just pushed a woman in front of a train the other day. Of course, that's not in the news because the victim was white, so she got what she deserved. You know, very, very racist, political, nonsense, mumbo-jumbo, and garbage. If you're Asian, not only are you less likely, in fact, substantially lower is your chance of being a victim of crime of any kind. You're also in, like, the top 10% of, of income. So if you're an Asian person, you are literally, st- statistically speaking, if we're talking about a narrative here, not stereotyping, you are more likely to have success. You are more likely to have 
uh, a greater income. You are less likely to be the victim of crime. I mean, this actually seems to be what what white people are painted to, to, to have this wonderful advantage, to have more money and more opportunity and to have, you know, the, the, they're less likely to be the victim of crime because they run the system. When in fact, if you're Asian, you're less likely to be the victim of crime compared to white, black, and Hispanic. If you're Asian, you on average make more money than all other groups do. You're more likely to be successful. And part of that's a cultural thing. It doesn't mean because you're Asian, everything comes to you. You have to work for what you get. But typically, generally speaking, and statistically speaking, if you're Asian, you're more likely to not be the victim of crime. But that's not what the media tells us. The media tells us that Asians are under assault. I wouldn't be surprised if that's some level of Chinese propaganda in and of itself. But they also tell us black folks are under assault, when in fact you are much more likely to be assaulted by a black person if you're white than any other group. However, if you're white, the only other group that might assault, attack, and commit crimes against you is is your own group. Same if you're Hispanic, same if you're black, same if you're Asian, same if you're Puerto Rican. Most crime is within your own race. It's within your own community. Most crime, at least in certain places, like here in Tucson, most crime is a result of knowing the person committing the crime. Whether it's rape, burglary, hell, even carjackings. And a lot of that is gang-related. A lot of that is drug-related. So when you remove the guns and the drugs and the gangs, you're almost statistically guaranteed to not be the victim of Virtually all crimes, depending on where you live, of course, you know, and rape is a little bit different. And depending on how you define crime nowadays, there's, you know, different people assume that if someone says something they don't like, that's that's like battery or assault, which is absolutely preposterous. But again, generally speaking, you're very likely to never experience these types of crimes in your life, but you watch crime shows and you watch the news and you listen to radio, both conservative and liberal, and liberals tell you there's no crime, conservatives tell you there's so much crime. And the reality is the liberals downplay the fact that they've got hordes and mobs of people that are burning down businesses and breaking windows and vandalizing property. And conservatives play that up as if there's armies in the streets that are, that are taking over the local governments. And the reality is somewhere in the middle. Crime rates are increasing, but that doesn't mean that they've increased beyond anything they've been in the past. And, you know, if you go from one crime per 100,000 people to two crimes per 100,000 people, it's an increase, but that doesn't make you much more likely to be the victim of that particular crime. Now, that's just the subject of crime. And I printed out just so I could have a copy of it for context and for, for facts because I, I enjoy factual information. You know, I don't use Rumble. I don't use Rockfin. I don't use TikTok. I don't use Twitter. I don't really even use Facebook unless I'm promoting the show. I don't use any social media platform to get my information. I read mainstream news. I'll read Infowars. I'll read a few alternative sites, people that I, that I know. And then when I find something interesting, I go to the exact source of that information. I wanted to read about criminal victimization in 2020. I wanted to see in 2020, in the heart of the so-called pandemic, what happened to crime? 
And the reality is this. According to Criminal Victimization 2020, October 2021 published a bulletin from the U.S. Department of Justice, the Office of Justice Programs, Bureau of Justice Statistics. This is a quote. From 2019 to 2020, the total violent victimization rate declined 22% from 21.0 to 16.4 victimizations per 1,000 persons age 12 or older. From 2019 into 2020, crime rates decreased. They talk about violent crime. They talk about those that are excluding simple assault. They're talking about burglary, trespassing. They're talking about violent victimization. They're talking about uh, certain violent victimizations against certain age ranges. I mean, the way that this is broken down can get really confusing because it's all just trying to quantify and trying to understand and trying to figure out and trying to kind of predict and be able to, to stop future crimes based on statistics and data and trying to understand where crimes are committed and why those crimes are committed. In 2020, there were 4.6 million violent victimizations. And that's actually down from 5.8 million in 2019. But why do you think that is? Violent victimizations, violent crime decreased in the heart of the pandemic. Why? Because people were terrified. People stayed home. People didn't drive. People didn't fly. People didn't go out in public. People didn't walk down the street. People were quarantining. People were locking down. So yes, crime rates fell substantially. And now they're going back up, but they're also going back up in large numbers because people have other reasons now to commit crimes. They've lost their jobs. They've been marginalized. They feel worthless. They feel as if they have been turned into uh, a commodity of, of, a, of a narrative or an ideology. that They don't feel as if they have the ability to express their opinion. They, they can't get a job. They They've been fired for vaccines or met people all over the country have so many reasons to be mad and to be furious. And hundreds of millions of people around the world have been pushed into starvation. People have lost their businesses, their savings, it's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So these are other reasons crime has increased. I mean, it's like people saying, well, you know, ICU beds are really, really full. Well, how many ICU beds are in a standard hospital? For example, I went to a hospital one time with an ex-girlfriend. She was in the ICU. She had severe heart problems. I went to, to see her when she was in the hospital. This hospital had 10 ICU beds. So on average, you've got, let's say, let's say on, a, I don't know what the data is for this, but just, you know, so this is very digestible to understand as, as an example of context. If you've got 10 ICU beds and on average, six of them are filled, if you end up getting an, an additional one or two people in those beds. Suddenly, you're, you've got a shortage on ICU beds. And people don't have to be put there because they got a severe heart problems. They were in a car wreck. You know, they can be put there because they've been forced onto a ventilator. They've been made sick by the poison was, that was pumped into their body when they tested positive but weren't actually sick. And a great example of that is the FDA's emergency use for that, that terrible, terrible uh, uh, dangerous uh, drug that is called remdesivir. People that test positive, literally, people that test positive, but people that aren't actually sick are pumped full of this under emergency use authorization. And this is what the emergency use authorization said, for example. It said, based on evaluation of the emergency use authorization criteria and the scientific evidence available, it was determined that it is reasonable 
to believe that remdesivir may be effective in treating COVID-19. Listen to those words. It was determined that it's reasonable to believe that remdesivir may be effective in treating COVID-19. Reasonable to believe may be effective. Listen to those words and how those words affect our perception. So you pump somebody full of that, they go to the ICU. You put something down their throat so they can quote-unquote breathe better. They did that to my friend Jack, his mom. They pumped her full of remdesivir. They pumped her full of, of, uh, uh, of God knows what else in the hospital. They put her on a ventilator and they masked her and she died. And they said that was a COVID-19 death. I mean, I, I, it's stunning. It's all about statistics, context, and psychology. And I've been saying that for now two plus years. It doesn't matter if it's COVID-19. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's gun-related violence. Sure, gun-related violence might be down in a lot of places that have strict gun laws, but people then commit more crimes using different means, and violent crime tends to be higher in those places. However, crime overall, from the FBI to BJS, and from burglary to, to larceny and theft to, to outright murder to violent crime, aggravated assault, those crimes are down 50 to 70% across the country since the 90s. And this is directly from the FBI, directly from the Bureau of Justice Statistics. I mean, it shows us what the data is. It, it tells us that if you're an Asian person, you are substantially less likely to be the victim of crime. But we're told in the news, no, Asians are under assault. They, so they, I mean, that's the other thing. Asians are under assault by white people. The fact is Asians are actually under assault by black people statistically, and Asians aren't really even under assault statistically. So it's all manufactured. It's all created out of thin air. It's like fiat currency. These are fiat ideologies, fiat beliefs. They don't have any basis in reality. It's literally talking heads, and they're just as bad in conservative media as they are in liberal media. They're just as bad in mainstream media as they are in alternative media. Context matters a lot. In fact, context might be the only thing that matters. The number of violent victimizations in the United States that involved a firearm declined 27% from 2019 to 2020. But they'll tell you, on the left, gun violence is increasing. But then again, why did that gun violence, firearm-related violent victimizations decrease? Well, again, because of lockdowns. The number of firearm victimizations reported to police also declined. Why? Well, again, because of lockdowns. And now they increase... And then liberal people say, gun violence is increasing. Yes, but it's going to the same number that it was before the pandemic began because people are getting back to normal living their lives. And they say the same thing with carbon dioxide. Uh, the, the National uh, per, uh, Academy Proceedings, of, it was like the National Proceedings of Science or Academy of Science, I, I forget the exact name of it. Uh, there was a study published there and NASA published it on their website and they showed carbon dioxide continued to increase in the environment, despite the fact that emissions dropped over 5% because of the so-called pandemic, because of the lockdowns. And they said this is a good thing, but they couldn't explain why it still continued to increase in the atmosphere despite the emissions dropping 5 plus, it's like 5.4%. The context there mattered because NOXs were also reduced, which reduced ozone, which is good, but because you tampered with the environment, 
methane increased to the highest rate at the quickest rate it has in 10 years. And methane is far heavier in trapping heat. So, once again, completely out of context. But see, that doesn't matter. Carbon dioxide is bad. Guns are bad. What does that tell you, actually? It tells you that carbon-based life forms are bad. You breathing is bad, so wear a mask. You're dirty. Guns are bad. The Second Amendment's bad. Self-defense is bad. Don't you defend yourself. Don't you show your face. Don't you speak your opinion. Don't you express what you feel. Don't you think for yourself. Don't you do your own research. Don't you do your own investigation. That's dangerous. And oh, by the way, if you're white, be scared of black folks. If you're black, be scared of white folks. If you're Asian, be scared of everybody because you're being assaulted. But the data says if you're white, you're more likely to be assaulted by a black person. If you're black, you're more likely to be assaulted by a black person. If you're Asian, it's really unlikely that you're going to be assaulted by anybody. And, and rather than invest in all these emotions and, oh my God, you're saying that people don't matter, it's like, no, this is just what the statistics show. So if we're going to use science, we're going to use statistics and mathematics to understand how the world works and where we are as a society, let's look at the raw data and not what the talking heads on television are saying. And that includes the alternative media, for that matter. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more to talk about tonight. I, I want to provide you with more context into this statistical thing. I don't really know what to call it. It's like, it's literally warping reality by using magical incantations and words and statements. doesn't have to be true. It just has to be associated with authority. We have to believe that the authorities telling us these things are actual authorities. It's really just psychology. It's a Milgram experiment. Check out our website, thesecretteachings.info, for the full show archive. You can listen to the embedded player, find links to all of the different places to listen, and get the RSS feed to plug into your player. Please, on Apple and other platforms, give us a rating with the stars, whatever you think we deserve, and write a little review. Full archive, no advertisements, is on the website. You can subscribe to that as well. www.thesecretteachings.info. We'll be back. So are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is TST Weekends. Search the show name and start listening today for free. If you want to avoid those annoying ads, subscribe to our ad-free archive with our oldest shows, a private RSS feed, our montage archive, and Ryan's digital books. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. 
If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. We must seize the means of production. Stop it, Vlad. You know the rule. No communism. Mama, if we just get rid of all these successful people, we'll finally be happy. No, honey, that just means we'll all be poor. Freedom-loving parents have long been left alone to shoulder the burden of educating their children and passing down a love of liberty. While there are a few books that teach these ideas to adults, there seem to be fewer that teach them to children. The Tuttle Twins series changes all of that, helping parents convey the principles of freedom to their kids in a fun way. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate link for the Tuttle Twins to get your curriculum and books today so that you can educate yourself and your children on how to adhere to the principles of liberty for all people. So if you have offspring and don't want them supporting socialism, then click the link and order the Tuttle Twins books today. Stalin has no stunning new achievements unless you consider killing millions of innocent people an achievement. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. That's White Bat Audio. You can find White Bat Audio on YouTube. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting worldwide Monday through Friday. Welcome to the broadcast whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. If you're listening on the Fringe FM, the Paranormal Radio app, Talk Stream Live, If you're listening in the free archive on our website or if you're listening through one of the many podcast players or radio players, if you're on Apple in particular listening to the show, especially if you can't find the show, some people have been having trouble finding the show, you just have to type the name of the show in or reload your page. You'll have to find the show again because we changed feeds and there were some technical issues. So just type in the secret teachings again, save the show that way, or just visit our website, thesecretteachings.info. Click on the free show archive at the top of the page. And when you do that, you'll see a little 
embed player. You can listen there, of course, or there's a little link in orange. Copy that link, paste it to your player, and it will automatically pull the show from the RSS feed. That's, a, uh, I think, probably the easiest way you can find the show. Otherwise, if you want to get the ad-free version of the show so you don't hear those annoying advertisements, you know, where the, the show kind of starts out with, uh, you know, some commercial about something random, and they're, they're, they're dispersed throughout the show, you can subscribe to our archive on the website. We've been doing radio now almost 12 years, professionally about six. We have an enormous enormous portfolio of things that we've covered, things that we've been dead on accurate about, things that we've gotten a lot of flack for because we don't tow any line. We don't tow mainstream, alternative, independent, conspiratorial. We are our own entity here on The Secret Teachings. And we have our full show archive, even all the old shows long before I became a professional. You get all, all that. With your subscription, you'll also get access to the montage archive. There's like 100 montages in there, and there's more coming every week. You'll get digital copies of all of my books, so Food Philosophy, Occult Arcana, and The Technological Elixir. And when you subscribe for one year, you'll also get right now a physical copy of one of those books. So you get a lot of stuff for your yearly subscription. Even if it's a monthly subscription, you get all of that minus the free book. Check it out today and subscribe at thesecretteachings.info. You can also do one-time donations for the subscription, so it doesn't have to be a monthly or a yearly thing. You can also buy the books on the website or check us out on Patreon. I also haven't mentioned our affiliate sponsor this week, Pro One Water Filters. A lot of listeners have been supporting them. I appreciate that. I hope that you enjoy your product. If you did buy a water filter, send us an email. Let us know. I'm just curious how you are liking it rdgable at yahoo.com that's rdgable at yahoo.com pro one water filters the link is on our website at the secret teachings.info so you know we've got books we've got an archive we've got pro one water filters we've got i mean i ain't got t-shirts i just don't make any money off that you know people ask me what's the best way to support you if you're talking financially best way is buy a book because you get something really solid for the purchasing price of the book it includes shipping and These books are filled with so much information. I honestly use them as reference points for the show sometimes to do research. And there's things in these books I forget I even wrote. I forgot I even put in there. So I would assume that these are going to be massive treasure troves of information and data for you. And everything in the books, you know, it's it's absolutely referenced. Uh, I don't do something unless it's referenced. Unless there's a reason that leads me to a specific perception or conclusion... I do not open my mouth and speak. I try to be articulate. I try to be concise. And I do it with passion because I want to know what is more accurate, what is more true. I don't like using the word truth. I don't like using the word fact even half of the time. I don't like using the standard words that people utilize to try to convince others that they're wrong and that they themselves are correct about what they think or what they believe. Because context matters a lot. You know, in the first hour tonight, if you're just joining us, we went through the FBI and the BJS statistics for crime in the United States. And you know, in 2019 into 2020, crime rates dropped. According to the BJS, and this is their official report for 2020, 
2019 to 2020 saw the total violent victimization rate decline 22% from 21.0 to 16.4 victimizations per 1,000 persons age 12 or older. The number of violent victimizations in the U.S. that involved a firearm declined 27% between 2019 and 2020. But what is the context there? Why? Well, because we had lockdowns. Because people were terrified. People stayed inside. People didn't drive. People didn't fly. People didn't see their friends and family. People weren't going out at night. So crime rates plummeted. We also know that according to Pew Research Center, according to the BJS, and according to the FBI, despite the fact that Americans believe crime is up, the data shows that it's down. And not just kind of down. If you look at graphs of the statistics from the 90s, it's almost like an avalanche. It's almost like a 90-degree angle in some of the charts. Crime just plummeted since the 90s. The FBI and the BJS that put out these statistical reports, of course, don't include crimes that aren't reported. But according to the FBI, violent crime fell between 1993 and 2019, 49%. Robbery, 68%. Murder, non-negligent manslaughter, 47%. Aggravated assault, 43%. Property crime, 55%. Burglary, 69%. Motor vehicle theft, 64%. Larceny and theft, 49%. These are not small statistics, folks. This is the overall crime rate declining substantially since the 1990s. And it's also showing us that life is not as dangerous as the nightly news or video games or movies make us think that it is, whether it's intentional or not. According to the BJS, the overall crime rate has fell more than that. The overall crime rate, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, fell 74% between that time period. 1993 to 2019, property crime fell 71%. Are you likely to be the victim of crime? Absolutely not. And those that are the victims of crime, sometimes you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sometimes someone else is kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time, and you become the victim of that thing, that crime. Most crime is, is property crime. You know, in places like Tucson, it's mostly property crime. A lot of it's not one-on-one crime. Yeah, there's burglary. Yeah, there's shootings. But statistically speaking, not only has crime fallen substantially since the 90s, you're generally unlikely to be the victim of any crime. When you look at the data, whether it's for guns or for any kind of crime, being committed by any means, by any group, to any other group, crime rates not only have fallen, but it is so unlikely that you will be the victim of crime because most crimes are carried out by gangs. It's like gun violence. Guns account for a lot of deaths, but who's pulling the trigger of those guns? Gang members, people committing suicide. Those are the top two reasons why gun violence is considered so high in places. Gangs, which includes, of course, drugs and criminal activity, and people committing suicide. Otherwise, I got my 38 behind me right now. The thing never got up and shot anybody. The gun hasn't gone off a single time since I bought it until I shot it the other day. Because I'm responsible with it. And I don't even like guns. So when they say, well, gun violence is up because everybody has a gun. Well, of course, statistically, there's going to be more crimes committed with guns. But when you remove guns from society, violent crime skyrockets.
because people are going to find ways to conduct their business. They're going to find ways to rob people. They're going to find ways to, to, to carjack. And the context matters a lot because, sure, the crime in New York City is through the roof and it's getting worse and worse and worse, but statistically, is it any worse this year than it was in the 90s? Not really. And it might be higher in 2022 or 2021 compared to 2019 or 2018, but when you compare it again to the 90s, it's not really any different. I mean, there's variances in terms of what particular crime you're looking at, but that's kind of the, that's kind of the whole point to this. It's like, politically speaking, if you're a conservative that says crime rates are skyrocketing, you're right, crime rates are skyrocketing, and it's not just because crime rates dropped off because of the pandemic. Crime rates are generally skyrocketing because police don't have the resources. So a lot of crimes that are being committed are not crimes that the limited resource police departments are choosing to go after. That's why carjackings have skyrocketed. It's, it's a low-risk crime compared to robbing a bank. So people are going to do that more. That's what happens when you defund the police. That's what happens when you demean the police. The police are supposed to tech, protect the community. This is something I don't think people understand. Police protect the community. Your right to own a firearm as a responsible citizen or to defend yourself is a right to protect yourself, your family, and your property. That is not the job of the police department. They're supposed to keep the community safe, not your private home of residence. There is so much to unpack when it comes to statistics and data and the unfortunate politicizing of such things. I sit here and I listen to myself and I'm looking. I mean, I've got the statistics. I've got the reports. I've got everything here. I don't talk about it unless I've got a copy of it. I don't say anything unless I've got something to support it and back it up. And I know that's not really popular with anybody who is of a certain ideology that they wish to preserve to stay in their echo chamber. And that's why, you know, I generally don't get along with people of any political persuasion. And I certainly don't get along with anarchists. I get along with people who have an open mind. I get along with people who want to learn. I get along with people who can prove that they have an open mind and that they want to learn. And there are so many things here on this show from Havana Syndrome to Free Britney. And that's one of our promos, actually. I mean, we told you Day one, I actually went on ground zero. I'm not special. I've just studied history. We went on ground, I went on ground zero with Brad Olson. We told you Havana Syndrome was the result of some kind of sonic weapon. That is now the, the official narrative, at least. It's acknowledged years later. Although now, recently, they've said there's no foreign actor involved. It's, it's still some kind of sonic weapon. It's still some kind of technology. The same thing was done at the U.S. Embassy in Moscow back in the 50s. So we told you that first and foremost. No, that's a conspiracy theory. It turns out it was true. We've told you about the mind control and the brainwashing and the sexual assault and, and the rape and the torture and the ritualism in the music industry, probably more than, than any other radio show consistently over so many years. You know, with, the, with, the, with a few handful of shows and websites that have also done this, and some longer than we have, you know, people like the Vigilant Citizen, people like Mark Devlin. We've been 
on that subject for so long, and then Britney Spears gives a testimony and just confirms virtually everything, and suddenly, nope, the secret teachings was right again. The secret teachings audience was right again. I'm right again. And I don't really care. It's like I'm already moved on to the next thing. I don't say something unless I'm certain that it has some basis in reality, unless I'm being facetious or I'm being comical or I'm, I'm, I'm freely speculating, which I'll tell you that. If I'm freely speculating, I'll tell you I'm freely speculating. Here's something I'm speculating on. I don't think an individual with a rabid political or religious or any other belief system maintains the ability to honestly and truly and freely think for themselves. And I don't care if you are, and I mean rabid. I don't mean if you're a Buddhist or a Christian. I don't mean if you're a conservative or a liberal. I mean if you're rabid and you cannot have a conversation with people, I don't think you maintain the ability to think for yourself. And that, my friends, is mind control. And here's another form of mind control. Back to context. I was trying to read more about what the CDC director said regarding the number of deaths that have been caused by COVID-19. There was a Good Morning America piece with Rochelle Walensky, and she said about 75% of people who have died died of four additional comorbidities. Remember that? And the right-wing news picked it up. Fox News picked it up. All the right-wing radio hosts picked it up, and they started to spread it. And then CNN came back. And CNN said, that's wrong. That's out of context. ABC News took the CDC director out of context. She was simply referring to a study. And I pulled that study up. You can pull it up, too. I went directly to the website, or to the internet, and I pulled up the CDC website, and I saw the study. Walensky was talking about a study authored by researchers at the CDC and the National Institutes of Health about the CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report using data from roughly 450 healthcare facilities. And it showed that about 70-something percent of the people that died died of additional comorbidities. 78% had four or more of the eight risk factors the study identified as statistically significant. But that was 36 people who died, and 28 of them had four or more of those risk factors. So it would seem as if CNN is concerned with context and facts, and they're going to tell us what's true. The only problem is now they've used that to discredit anybody who shared that as an absolute statement, as an absolute thing. What I mean by that is if you say that many COVID deaths now are caused by comorbidities, they laugh at you, they tell you you are a conspiracy theorist, they tell you that information was taken out of context by ABC Good Morning America. What they don't tell you is if you go to the Centers for Disease Control website, you'll find that that, ac- that information is actually accurate, and it has nothing to do with the study that Rochelle Walensky was referencing. The CDC's website explicitly says that 95% of COVID-19 deaths 
were caused by other health problems, comorbidities. And the number of those comorbidities, on average, are four. I've read this to you before. I actually have a screenshot of it I've put into my book, The Technological Elixir. Originally, 6% of the deaths. Now it's 5% of the deaths. Originally, it was 2.9 additional conditions. Now it's 4.0. You see what they did? You see what they did there? They took something intentionally out of context in order to create a frenzy in the media and then stepped in a bait and switch to say that's wrong, to easily discredit it and anybody sharing it, and then to show, actually, that was a statement based on this study. But then if you go to the CDC website, they're not talking about a single study. They're talking about all the deaths. All the deaths. 95% of 800 plus thousand people died of four additional causes of death. Meaning that there is no pandemic. There's no pandemic by definition. There's no pandemic statistically. There's also virtually no flu. There's also like nobody dying of heart disease. There's you know, people on average, 1,600 to 2,000 people die a day from heart disease. Now they're dying of COVID. No, it's because they've reclassified all those deaths. So that statistical data matters a lot. And if CNN or the CDC is willing to bend reality to these lengths to confirm a dying narrative, we have to question everything that these people have told us, everything that these people have said. And now the narrative is shifting, right? The context isn't shifting, but the narrative is shifting. The context is still lacking, but the narrative is shifting. Now, we don't need to really worry about counting cases because if you count cases, you're going to see the vaccine doesn't work. So if you stop counting cases, suddenly the vaccine is working because there aren't as many people getting sick because we stopped counting cases. Now let's count people going to the hospital. Count people going to the hospital. Hospitalization rates are actually down. So there are more people going to the hospital. And ICU beds, we've already talked about that. Some hospitals only have a handful. And how are they any more packed today than they were 10 years ago? If you only have 10 beds, and normally five or six of them are filled, you're almost filled to capacity on any average day or week or month. Context matters. And now the New York Times says, that the CDC has issued recommendations on what was once considered insufficient evidence. That's a quote. What once would have been considered insufficient evidence. Rochelle Walensky, it says, has, quote, sometimes skipped much of the traditional scientific review process. The New York Times says, the science is incomplete, and this is our best advice for now. What happened to the science? What happened to the authoritarians? All the authorities that wanted to tell us exactly what to do and when to do it, what happened to them? I thought they had the science. I thought the science was settled. Then they tell you, in classic doublespeak, no, science can't be settled. Science is malleable. Science changes. So you need to continue to do the trivial things we demand and recommend that you do. And then when we're wrong, it's not us that's wrong. It's not science that's wrong. It's just part of the process to be wrong. It's part of the process to issue trivial recommendations that are interpreted as demands and laws. It's part of the process to confuse people, to keep people 
in a state of anxiety and fear to terrorize people. So they're unable to process the information. They take the easy way out. They comply. They acquiesce. They don't make any noise. And this is exactly, precisely, what 10 Downing Street did with their nudge unit and the Scientific Pandemic Influenza Group on Behavior, the SPIB. Gavin Morgan, a psychologist on the team, said clearly, using fear as a means of control is not ethical. Using fear smacks of totalitarianism. It's not an ethical stance for any modern government. By nature, I am an optimistic person, but all this has given me a more pessimistic view of people. What gave him a more pessimistic view of people? Well, the SPIB warned in March of 2019, or 2020, excuse me, in March of 2020, the SPIB warned in March of 2020 that ministers needed to increase, quote, the perceived level of personal threat from COVID-19 because a substantial number of people, quote, a substantial number of people still do not feel sufficiently personally threatened. There's no evidence that they needed to feel threatened. There's no evidence that they needed to feel as if they were going to get sick. Just we needed to make people feel as if they were going to get sick. We needed to make people hysterical so they would take control of the false narrative. This discredits the institutions that have pushed this. And I think that's the point. The CDC issues a new recommendation, it seems like, every day, and they're changing it almost every week. What does that do? It undermines people's confidence and trust in the standard status quo system, particularly in the CDC. It undermines people's trust in the U.S. government. So what could you offer as a solution? We don't trust the CDC. You don't trust the government. Hey, maybe the World Health Organization could give us some advice. They probably know more than the CDC does. See, it's intentional sabotage. It's intentional sabotage. And it's an intentional and organized form of psychological warfare being waged on you and your family. And those of us who can see how context matters, whether it's in gun violence, violent crimes, vaccines, masks, lockdowns, doesn't matter what it is. Those of us who can see the context realize this is one giant psychological experimentation. The whole world is a laboratory. And the mind, that's right, the mind and the brain are those things that are being experimented on. And here's another example. Remember when there was a fact check about unvaccinated people being taken to quarantine camps? Well, the USA Today said back in July of 2021, that's just a satire. And they present all these like memes and pictures and all these things that they can prove are just satire to give them credibility and to discredit investigation into the subject, despite the fact that the CDC actually has, if you type in CDC, PDF, shelter, and community, you should be able to pull it up. They have a whole program to create quarantine facilities in your neighborhood. Huh. It's funny how context matters quite a bit. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Stay with us.
The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the Montage Archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you're listening in the chat room. One of the podcast or radio applications, maybe it's the Fringe FM app you can download for free. Really want to encourage you to go to our website, click on the free archive for the secret teachings. You can listen to the shows there, all of the recent shows over the last couple of years, hundreds of episodes. You can copy and paste the link into your player that, you know, or maybe even the browser on your computer. And you can listen to the show feed that way. It's another way to just quickly get access to the show. There's also links to all of the different locations of the show. Deezer, Spotify, CastBox, Google, Podcast Addict, GeoSavan, Podchaser, and Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, 
and you realize that you had to reload the page or search the show again to get the show to work, please leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. That helps us to get the show to more people. You have a five-star rating. We have reviews. We had a lot of them, but there were some technical issues when we switched over the feed, so we lost a lot of those. So please go to Apple if you're using that platform and give us a review of the show. It's totally free. It doesn't cost you anything. Maybe it takes 10 seconds to click on one of the stars, you know, to find it and click on the star. It takes you, you know, a minute to write a review. Voice text it. Please give us a review. Please give us a good rating. If you believe the show deserves a good rating on Apple Podcasts, just search the show, The Secret Teachings. There are a lot of advertisements, though. So if you want to get rid of those advertisements, subscribe to our archive. And when you subscribe to the archive, you are going to get an RSS feed that is private, that has no advertisements. You are going to get access to our montage archive. You are going to get an embed player that has no advertisements. You're going to get digital copies of all three of my books. And if you can't afford reoccurring payments, you can donate once and subscribe that way. If you have any questions about that, any questions about the books, any questions about the show or anything we discuss on the show, please do not hesitate to email me at rdgable, that's G-A-B-L-E, R-D, Romeo Delta, G-A-B-L-E at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Gitter. We're building an audience there. I really honestly don't know how Gitter works any more than Facebook. We're also on Gab. You can find us there by searching Secret Teachings. Find us on Gitter, searching TST Radio. And of course, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. The USA Today published a story last year in the summertime, and it was talking about how the idea of internment camps for people that don't want to get vaccinated, that's a crazy conspiracy theory. There's no truth to that whatsoever. Nothing of that sort could be true. Nobody would ever do something like that. The USA Today said that this was just a satire. That's the headline. Fact check. Claim about unvaccinated being sent to quarantine camp started as satire. Well, the reality is, whatever they're claiming was the satire, they might be able to prove that that particular picture on Instagram was satire. However, the reality is, the CDC has a 10-page guide on what they call disaster shelters during the COVID-19 pandemic. And you can look at this guide, and it shows you the CDC's plan to co-opt neighborhoods and communities and set up facilities for the sick and the unsick to literally turn a community into what amounts to a concentration of people in a camp. You can look this up. Type it in. CDC Interim Guidance for General Population Disaster Shelters During the COVID-19 Pandemic. And there's, there's other guides you know, that, that goes into to showing you what their plan is and how they choose to carry out this plan 
basically with camp guards. I mean, this again, this is the CDC's website, cdc.gov. cdc.gov, it just shows you. So the fact check is right because the fact check shows you that what they're fact checking is, is inaccurate. And what they're associating it with is based more so on something that is true, but something that has been taken grossly and greatly out of context. And that's the point, just like the Rochelle Walensky interview on C, uh, on ABC that CNN said was out of context. They're right, it was out of context. However, what was being implied through that context what you can find on the CDC's website is that it's not 75% of people. It's 95% of people dying of more comorbidities. And there's no context to the number of people that typically die on a, day, in a, you know, on a, on a daily basis, on a, on a weekly or a monthly basis. How many people die a year? Are death rates higher than they have been? No. None of this is true because it's the manufacturing of a pandemic. I don't like the word pandemic. I don't like when people say the virus isn't real. I don't like any of that because it sounds like rhetoric to me. I don't like that because I know that people and groups and media have used statements like that to completely dismantle any opposition to their lies and to their deceit and to their propaganda. See, here's something that's really interesting. January 4th, 2022, JAMA Pediatrics reported that there are developmental legs in babies born during the pandemic. Why do you think there would be developmental legs in babies born during the pandemic? Gross motor skills. Social skills. All of these things were affected. Why would there be developmental lags? Why would alcoholism, drug abuse, suicides have increased? And this is, again, JAMA Pediatrics Association of Birth During the COVID-19 Pandemic with Neurodevelopmental Status of Six Months in Infants with and Without In Utero Exposure to Maternal SARS-CoV-2 Infection. Here's another one. This was considered to be absolutely obscene months ago, and now it is in the journal Obstetrics and Gynecology by the Oregon Health and Science University. Here's what it says. Association between menstrual cycle length and coronavirus disease 2019 vaccine. Most of the vaccinated cohort received the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. That's 55%. Moderna, 35%, J&J, and Janssen, 7%. Overall, COVID-19 vaccine was associated with a less than one-day change in cycle length for both vaccine dose cycles compared with pre-vaccine cycles. So it's less than a single day, but it still shows that those that were concerned about menstruation in regards to the vaccines were right. The vaccine, even if it's not much of a, Clinically significant change, it is a statistically significant change. Your period is likely, if you get a vaccine, to be extended by a full day. That's a pretty big change. 
especially considering that some women have really bad periods and bleed quite a bit. You want that to continue for a full day? You don't think that your body is reacting to a poison that's been injected into it? No, that's not true. Well, now it's official. Now it's official. And then, one of the most stunning things, I, I called in and I talked to uh, uh, Clyde Lewis and, and David Knight one, one evening on Ground Zero. He was interviewing David Knight. I never talked to David Knight before. I always liked David Knight. And we were talking about the way in which at first, any notion that vaccines could affect the placenta, the baby, reproduction, reproductive organs, that was considered outlandish. What a horrible theory. What a horrible conspiracy. And then women started having complications. And nobody wanted to touch it. Nobody wanted to report it. Now we've just seen that if you get a vaccine, especially from Pfizer, you're very likely to have an extended bleeding period and, and for, that's on average a little under a day. For most women, it'll be about a day. So on average, the, the average woman is going to have an additional day of bleeding, an additional day of menstruation. That's unnatural. And it's the direct result of a vaccine for COVID-19. Now we're hearing that stillbirths are on the rise. Now we're hearing that pregnant women are having problems with their pregnancy. Now we're hearing... That all the things that people were worried about before, they're true. They're just not true for the reasons people originally said because, well, they have to take control of the narrative, folks. Here's how they take control of the narrative. Delta variant linked to increased risk of stillbirth. Well, that's really convenient. According to the CDC, if you have the Delta variant, even if you got your vaccine, it's not the vaccine that caused the stillbirth. It's the Delta variant that caused the stillbirth. I mean, obviously, you get a vaccine. It doesn't prevent you from being infected. It doesn't prevent you from transmitting the virus. It doesn't prevent you from getting sick. So not only what is the point, but if you get a vaccine and then have a stillbirth, it's not the vaccine. It's the Delta variant, according to the CDC. I've mentioned this study before. This is also in my book, The Technological Elixir, from the Jerusalem Post. COVID-19 can enter the placenta and cause stillbirth. And this is another study different than the CDC study. This is from Israel. This is from Professor Aaron Barzillay at the ultrasound unit at Asuta. And it literally says that the placenta is targeted, it's targeted, by COVID-19, and that can cause a stillbirth. What kind of virus directly targets the reproductive organs? Let me tell you something. Viruses don't target reproductive organs. Bioweapons target reproductive organs. Technologies target reproductive organs. Eugenicists, homicidal psychopaths, those with genocidal intentions target reproductive organs. And I could find that going back to the United Nations where they said back in like the 1990s, I could just pull this up. They said back in like the 1990s that as of the 1970s, they were working on methods to engineer vaccines to make people infertile. They were 
basically creating population control vaccines. I mean, it, 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 it says that. But I'm not allowed to say that or believe that because I don't even know if people call it a conspiracy theory anymore. What, what do people even call it? It's, it's, it's amazing. The, the, the United Nations literally acknowledged back in the 90s that they're, they're outright working on vaccines that are called, they call them fertility regulators. What is a fertility regulator? That's just, you know, that's birth control. I mean, you can just look it up right now. You just type in fertility regulating vaccines. PDF. Report of meeting between women's health advocates and scientists to review the current status of the development of fertility regulating vaccines. The UNDP, the UNFPA, and the World Health Organization, and the World Bank Special Program of Research, Development, and Research Training in Human Reproduction. It says in Annex 2 of the document, this short paper is an attempt to present a rationale for fertility regulating vaccines. The paper says that, quote, applied research on FRVs started more than 20 years ago. End quote. That places it somewhere around 1970. And furthermore, the leading scholar of reproductive health, Shana Swan, one of the leading scholars, said that sperm counts have been dropping in Western countries. They've dropped 59% since the early 1970s, which just so happens to be the year that the UN and the World Health Organization and apparently the World Bank were working on fertility-regulating vaccines. Again, just look it up. Fertility-regulating vaccines. Type in fertility-regulating vaccines, World Health Organization PDF. You should be able to pull it right up. It's right there on the Internet. You can find it. You believe it because it's on the Internet? Well, I don't know. What, what, what kind of argument is that for people to make anymore? I'm going to the government websites. I'm going to the CDC, the FDA, the USDA. I'm going to the websites of the corporations. I'm going to the websites of the World Economic Forum. I'm going to the websites... I'm pulling the documents from their websites. I've got a copy of Klaus Schwab's book called The Great Reset. People say, no, that doesn't exist. How, 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 can, you, how can people actually believe this? I, I just I listened to the show from last night with Hope, and I always get really uncomfortable with myself on radio sometimes if I go into a rant because I think maybe I'm being mean. Maybe I'm just being too aggressive. You know, Maybe I'm... I'm just rambling, and it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's just mumbo-jumbo, incomprehensible nonsense. So I get, like, self-conscious about myself sometimes. But I, I, I said last night so many times, I was like, I just don't understand how a business can have a policy to enforce something, and then not only do they not enforce their own policy, they enforce something that is a violation of their policy and a violation of what they're trying to enforce because they don't even know what the paper looks like, you know, based on the order, the resolution from the local government of what they're trying to enforce. A business, is, a business here in, in Arizona literally is tr- tried to enforce employees to wear masks, despite their policy being that they follow local orders. So most places don't have to wear them because there are no local orders, and businesses legally in the state of Arizona don't have to enforce it under state law. But they said their policy is to follow the order, and the order says you're exempt if you choose to be, It's not enforceable, and the business doesn't even have a copy of the order, and the business, ironically, in sending my fiancé home and not letting her work for two weeks, 
They literally violated their own policy and they violated the local resolution, 2021-87. They violated the resolution and they violated their own company policy because they didn't even know what the law was. They didn't even know what the resolution was. They didn't even know what their corporate policy was. So I got really angry last night. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? This is elementary stuff. This is basic stuff. You have to do this. Why? It's a policy. Show me the policy. Show me the paper. A bank told me that one time. I went to cash a check, and I'd been cashing checks there when I lived in Boise for for months. And then suddenly one day I walked in, we need like five forms of identification. No, that's an exaggeration. It was like, we need three forms of identification. I said, well, I've been cashing this. I mean, I've got like, uh, rapport with this bank. I've, I've been there many times. I'm cashing the same company check that has had a bank account with this company for decades. Well, we need three identifications. I said, well, I mean, wh- I don't have any other identifications. I've got a driver's license. I mean, I've got like, I had some other card with me that had my picture. On, I was like a library card or something. But we need another one to confirm you who you are. We don't want this company to, 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 you know, to, to be ripped off like this. I'm like, I'm cashing a paycheck. It says it's a paycheck. I've, you have a record of me on account here for months, and you need this. You need this new ID. And I said, "Why? It's a policy." Okay, I said, oh, "Show me the policy. Show me the bank's policy. They, they just changed their policy." No, that's always been the policy. Well, you, it hasn't been because they've been cashing my check here for a long time. So, show me the policy. Can't do that. Why? Don't have the policy. Well, you're enforcing a policy you don't have. Yep. Can I speak to a manager? Bring out the manager. He's like, um, I'll pull up the policy on the website. So he claims he pulls it up. I said, can I see it? No, we can't show it to you. I said, why? Because it's on a bank computer. We can't show you a bank computer. I said, well, take a picture of it with your phone. Show me, print it out. We can't do that. It's a bank, you know, it was like a bank monitor and we can't print things from a bank. I'm thinking like, you print receipts. You print receipts from the same computer. You print papers from that same computer and give them to the customers. And it's like, they can't acknowledge they're wrong. They can't acknowledge because of ego and narcissism and just walking around thinking they've got a they've they've got like all this power at bankers, you know, city council, shareholders and board directors at tiny little pieces of trash co-ops like I worked at walk around thinking they've got all this power because they oversee like one general manager because they oversee like five employees. They're walking around with their chest puffed out. I'm important. No, you're a piece of shit. No, you're not important. You're just like everybody else. And yeah, that makes me angry. That makes me really upset, especially when I'm told I'm insane and I'm wrong. And then I've got the FDA acknowledging that Merck's COVID-19 pill is going to cause genetic mutations in the DNA. When I've got the World Health Organization telling me 30 years ago, that as of 20 years before that, 50 years ago, they're creating vaccines vaguely to make infertile the world population. And when nobody wants to talk about birth defects and stillbirths until over a year into vaccines, and then suddenly people start having stillbirths and spontaneous abortions, and people have had increased menstrual problems, and all that's nonsense. And then suddenly, when it starts to get reported in overwhelming numbers, it's like, well, that's the Delta variant, says NBC News. That's actually COVID-19 entering the placenta. 
That's actually the Merck pill. The Merck pill is kind of dangerous. We don't really want to approve that. We got to take the vaccine instead because it's all about creating. It's all about manufacturing a narrative. And context matters so much because context can show us that, yeah, sure, gun crime is higher in places where people have higher access to guns. But guess what is lower there? Violent crime. And sure, a place that you can't get a gun. Places like Chicago, it's hard to get a gun. Yeah, you don't have as much gun violence. Or do you have as much gun violence in Chicago? Who's the victim of that violence? Who carries that violence out? Chicago might be a bad example because most places where you can't get guns, violent crimes through the roof. Problem is in Chicago, people got guns anyway. Doesn't stop anybody from committing a crime. So we need to recognize this. I mean, it's just like Asians are under assault, really, because according to the BJS and according to the FBI, according to their recent updated statistics, Asians are the least likely to be assaulted by anybody. They're the least likely to be the victims of crime. And in fact, Asian people are more likely to be financially and economically successful. Asian people are more likely to fulfill the position that people have painted the white population as a superior race fulfilling. Like, white people have more money, white people are more important, white people are this, 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 and this. They're superior white supremacists. They need to atone for their sins. When, in fact, Asian people actually fill all those positions. Not because Asians are racist, but because Asians, it's a cultural thing. So, yeah, traditionally, Asians are going to fulfill those roles. And that's according to the statistics. It's literally the opposite of everything that you're told. If you're white, you're more likely to be attacked by a black person than black being attacked by white. If you're Asian, you're least likely to be attacked than any other group, black, white, Hispanic, etc. According to the statistics, you've got the CDC saying that cloth masks don't work. Two years, nobody says anything, then suddenly the mask doesn't work, take it off, put another mask on. Nobody says, well, wait a minute, why did I wear that other mask for two years? Nobody says, well, I wore that other mask for two years, and uh, I got sick, so maybe it was because of the mask. Or... I wore that mask for two years, didn't get sick. But how's that possible if the mask didn't work? Why are we not asking these questions? I mean, hell, I looked at the FDA's website. The FDA has an emergency use authorization for remdesivir, which is a poison. I mean, hydroxychloroquine is a poison. Remdesivir is a poison. All these drugs are poison. Period. They're they're, they're poison. (laughs) I mean... Maybe, you, oh, I want to use a horse dewormer. Okay, you can use that for humans. And maybe it makes some people feel better. Maybe because that's because they had parasites, so it gleaned the parasites out. It has nothing to do with COVID-19. And besides, I could take remdesivir and not have a reaction. I could take hydroxychloroquine and not have a reaction. And I could feel better the next day. Can I really say it was the remdesivir? Can I really say it was the hydroxychloroquine? Or was my body just naturally getting over something? And then I take the drug, it poisons me, I get sicker, and then I get better after a couple of days, and oh, it must have been because you took the drug. Give a thousand people a vaccine, a thousand of those people were not going to die, and you can say, we gave a thousand people a vaccine, and a thousand people didn't die because we saved their lives. However, 900 of them might have had adverse reactions. 100 of them might have died from the vaccine, but you'll say none of them died of the disease because the vaccine worked. Well, how many died of the vaccine? (laughs) Well, we can't tell you that. See what I mean? Context 
matters. Context is important. Context might be all that matters. Not being swept up into an emotional hysteria matters too. I want to share something with you that's really terrifying. I don't speak the language, so I'm going to kind of talk to you and and explain to you what they're saying in this video. This is from Canada. These are kids that are being scripted on what they think should be done with unvaccinated people. Listen to this. So we both have the dose. Are you in favor of mandatory vaccines, they asked the kids. Yes. And then, and then the, the, the lard of a mother says, it looks like I drilled them. And she shakes her fat head. <laughs> yes, they do what I say. They do what I tell them to do. So the, the reporter, I'm guessing this woman's a reporter, says, what should we do with the people who don't want the vaccine? What should we do with the people that don't want the vaccine? We should call the police. And then all these other people, yes, yes, we, we, yes, call the police. If they don't have the vaccine, this girl says, it can make a lot of people in danger. So like what the government does right now, we should cut everything from them. Little by little until they submit and get vaccinated. And it says it looks like we've got some future politicians here, says the woman. Everybody claps. <laughs> no, it looks like we've got new Adolf Hitlers. It looks like we've got new Heinrich Himmlers. It looks like we have new Joseph Stalins and new Mao Zedongs and new Trotskys and Lenins. It looks like we have new authoritarians. It looks like we have new Mussolinis, new Pol Pots. It looks like we have new pieces of garbage. They're kids. You can't say that. No, these are kids that have been brainwashed. And if they grow up with that attitude and that mindset, that's exactly what you have. Pieces of human filth that think they're better than everybody else because they do what the herd does and they're in control of the herd. We put them in camps. We tell them what to do. We take away their rights until they acquiesce and submit. Of course, they have kids saying that, which is terrifying in and of itself, but they have kids saying that, so you can't say, well, I, pfft, I, that's, that's insane. Well, you, you hate kids? You don't want kids to have an opinion? Why are we listening to kids? Why are we listening to Greta Thunberg? She's a kid. She doesn't have a degree in anything. She's not an expert in anything. So dangerous. We should take everything from them until they acquiesce and do what we tell them to do. What? A terrifying prospect for the future. That is something that I don't want to experience. We have a few, couple of future politicians. No, we got a couple of genocidal, homicidal eugenicists. A couple of dictators. That's what we have here. Context matters a lot. And if we don't have context... We don't have much of the story, much of the picture at all. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you for joining us this evening. TheSecretTeachings.info. Go to the website. Check out the free archive. You can listen there on the embedded player. You can listen through the links that are provided there to Apple, Google, Podcast Chaser, Spotify, etc. You can also copy and paste the link 
into your podcast player to get access directly to the show so you don't have to type it in, try to find it. If you can't find the show, type it in again, The Secret Teachings. It's on Apple. It's everywhere. It's not duplicated. Load it again, and you'll find it. I promise. Subscribe to the archive to get access to the ad-free version of the shows. You get all the shows, all the montages, all the digital books, and more. www.thesecretteaching.info Please subscribe to the show. Please buy a book. Please support us. Please email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and tell us what you think of the show. And leave a review. Give us a couple of stars on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. This is White Bat Audio. 